Do you ever feel like you know what things you need to do to improve your life, but you can't seem to care enough to actually do them? Do you find yourself envying those that are consistently motivated and you wish you could be them? Or are you often too tired to do much beyond the bare minimum? Well, today we're going to talk about motivation and you'll discover how you are individually inspired. You'll learn where you are in your readiness for change and those simple hacks to gain momentum. You'll understand how to respond to expectations and what your tendency is so that you can move past apathy and find out what has kept you stuck so that you can finally move forward. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to episode number 17, Motivation and Stages of Change. Understand what is keeping you stuck. I'm really excited to talk about motivation today. I actually wanted to focus on just motivation for a doctorate at one point because I enjoy it so much. I think it's instrumental in learning and understanding so that we can find more motivation in our lives. But today I'm just going to give you a few highlights on motivation from thought leaders and also share some personality profiling that I find helpful because it can show us how we can be more patient with ourselves and with others and also reminds us that we're all different and that's normal and it's okay. And if we can better understand other perspectives, then we can let go of trying to change other people and simply help them become their best selves by learning what inspires and motivates them. And I also want to add one other thing. I've had several listeners say that they miss my viral video shoutouts. I don't know if you remember that from like the first maybe four or five episodes. So stay tuned for another one at the end of today's episode. I'll also share the link to that in the show notes. So let's dive in to motivation. I work with a lot of people that think they will magically grow when they don't apply the steps towards growth. They think that if they just come into my office, they're going to find this growth just by showing up. And that is a part of it, I will say that. But there was this one prospective personal training client that, that makes me laugh a little bit every time I think back on it. This man didn't take the extra steps to even find me. He just knew that I was a personal trainer, so he came up and he talked to me and he showed me a picture on his phone of this very fit movie star. And in total seriousness... He told me he wanted to look like that in a few months, but this man was currently very overweight and hadn't begun any steps towards change beyond this conversation with me. 
And again, if this would have been something that he had gone out of his way to find me, then that might have shown he was more serious about it. Now, I really believe in miraculous results when people are willing to do the work, but I doubted the success for this man. Well, why did I doubt him? I'll explain using the stages of change by the researchers James Prochaska and Carlo Di Clemente. They developed the stages of change, and this is one of their three components in their trans-theoretical model of behavior change. Now, that title might also be familiar to you. Again, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. So for this model, they have six different stages in it. And I will explain each one of these briefly to you. I know that you can't see it, but they're pretty simple concepts, and it's helpful for conceptualizing where you are and something that you might want to do. So as I explain this, I want you to think about something that you've really had this desire to do for maybe a long time, this goal. And wherever you are in accomplishing that goal, I just want you to think about that and we'll identify which stage you are in. So the first stage for this is pre-contemplation. So in this stage, there's no intention on changing any behavior. And often, they may be unaware that there's a problem. This might be somebody that is not eating healthy at all, but it's so much a part of their culture that they don't even recognize it as being much of a problem. The second stage is contemplation. This is where you're aware there's a problem, but you have no commitment to act to change that problem. That potential client that I was talking about that really wanted to look like that movie star, he might be in this contemplation stage because he hasn't made any action, but he's aware that there's a problem. For the third stage, it's called preparation. So you're intent on taking action to address the problem. Now, if he would have gone out of his way to find a personal trainer, or if he would have signed up for a gym membership, then he would be in the preparation stage. But since that was not the case, he was still in contemplation. The next one is action. So active modification of behavior. So you're not just preparing to change your behavior, but you're actually maybe going to the gym at this point. And the next stage is maintenance. So this is sustained change. So for me, I'll mention this a little bit more in a second too, but maintenance, like for exercise, I've been doing that so long that I have that sustained behavior change. And the last one is relapse. So you fall back to old patterns of behavior. I'm sure you have all experienced relapse of some kind, falling back into old patterns when we've established some sort of good goal. That could be reading your scriptures, that could be praying, that could be reading to your kids at night. There's lots of different things that I'm sure you recognize that have happened to you. Maybe exercise. That's usually one people can relate to. So I'm going to give you a few examples so this cements in your mind these stages. Like I've mentioned before, I want to be less sedentary since I am working as a business owner and a therapist or counselor. And so I'm actively trying to modify my behavior of getting to at least 10,000 steps a day and going to the gym. So I walk with my exchange student and I go to the gym with her daily or at least Monday through Friday, or Monday through Saturday. So I'm in the action stage, like I mentioned just a minute ago. Now my brother, he's an amazing runner, and he runs lots of marathons. I ran a half marathon with him last spring in Chicago, and he asked me to do a full marathon with him in the future. Now I want to want to, but in reality, 
I just don't enjoy running that much. The way that he talks about it, I just really want to enjoy it. And I want to bond with him and be able to do that together. But it just sounds like torture to me. I'm not going to lie. So I don't run more than generally three miles at the gym unless I'm training for something. So when it comes to training for a marathon, I'm either in the pre-contemplation stage, if I have no intention of changing, or I'm in the contemplation stage where I'm aware of the problem, but I have no committed action. So that just gives you a few examples of what that might look like. So what is it for you? What stage are you in? What's something that you've been wanting to do but haven't taken any steps to move forward? Now, if we understand these stages, this better helps us know where we are in our readiness for change and what the next steps could be. Like maybe you want to spend more time with your kids in more meaningful ways. Or maybe you want to do more community service of some sort. Whatever that might be. Or maybe you want to do some of the things that I mentioned in previous episodes, like create that more positive home culture with that 5 to 1 ratio. Or what if you are, or maybe your desire is to eat better as a family or minimize media consumption. Whatever it is, apply these simple steps. And again, you can find the links in the show notes. So if you're helping others change, like maybe your kids or your friends or your coworkers, motivational interviewing is something you might really enjoy too. So this is a counseling method that helps motivate people to change. And I love one simple acronym that they use to help motivate others, and it's called RULE, R-U-L-E. So that's an acronym for resist the writing reflex. Like so often we just want to give them advice, tell them what to do. I know I do give a lot of advice on here because of the nature of the podcast. (laughs) Resist the writing reflex. U is understand the patient's own motivation. So that's kind of the point of this episode today. Start to understand other people's motivations and your own. L is listen with empathy. And E is empower the patient. So I'm going to read those again. But before I do, just remember, keep in mind a loved one. Maybe this is your spouse, maybe this is your children, maybe this is your niece or your nephew, your grandkids, whoever it is. Resist the writing reflex. Understand the patient's own motivations. Listen with empathy and empower the patient. So I also read this article from Mind Tools called McClellan's Human Motivation Theory. And I was reminded about his take on motivation that can also be very helpful. He built upon Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which I've mentioned several times before in other episodes, that really focuses on all of our needs. But David McClelland really focuses on motivators. He identified three motivators that he believes we all have. And I thought this was really interesting to just break it down into three. It really helps to conceptualize it well. So he talked about how we each have a dominant motivator. One of these three. The first one is achievement. The second one is affiliation. And the third one is power. Now I'll explain each of those, so don't even worry about it. But before I read them, I want you to keep in mind that these are neither good nor bad. Each of these can have a virtue or a vice side. It's just what fuels us and makes us feel excited. Like for example, power. Typically when people hear power, they're like, oh, that's a bad thing that you want power. But all of these can be both. It just depends on how we use it. Okay. 
So if your dominant motivator is achievement, you might have some of these attributes. You might have a strong need to set and accomplish challenging goals, or you might take calculated risks to accomplish goals. You like to receive regular feedback on progress and achievements, and you often like to work alone. Now, a little disclaimer here. My dominant motivator is achievement, but I don't actually really need that regular feedback on my progress and achievement. You might have some characteristics in each of these different ones, but you will usually have a dominant one. Like any personality profiling, you're not going to be 100% in any area, and that's totally normal. Okay, the second one is affiliation. So this is where you want to belong to the group. You want to be liked, and you'll often go along with whatever the rest of the group wants to do. You favor collaboration over competition, and you don't like high risk or uncertainty. And the third one is power. You want to control and influence others. So that virtue vice side, like I talked about, is maybe more about influencing for good and not controlling to somebody's detriment. You like to win arguments, or maybe you just enjoy that debate. You enjoy competition and winning. You enjoy status and recognition. So again, you might notice that a few of these, you're in several areas, but what is your dominant motivator? Once you understand your dominant motivator, you can structure your goals and your life accordingly. So that's, that's the why. Like, why am I teaching you this? It's because you can structure your life in that way, knowing that you're motivated by those things the most. For example, if you're motivated by achievement, you want to set challenging goals and surround yourself with other high performers and high achievers because that will help you become your best self. If you're motivated by affiliation, you want to find an inspiring team or a tribe to work with where you get regular feedback and where you feel a strong sense of connection and collaboration. Now, if you're motivated by power, you'll want to find ways where you can be a leader and have goal-oriented tasks or projects that can further your leadership and career goals, or maybe even your family goals, whatever that is. Okay, now I've talked about the stages of change, and I've talked about David McClellan's human motivational theory. Now I want to mention a best-selling author and podcaster named Gretchen Rubin. I don't know if you've ever heard of some of her books, but one that I really enjoyed was called The Four Tendencies. And she talks a lot about motivation in ways that I really appreciate with that personality profiling that I mentioned earlier. She talks about how we all face two kinds of expectations. There's the inner expectations and the outer expectations. So those outer expectations are things like meeting work deadlines or following through on a request from someone. And those inner expectations are things like New Year's resolutions or personal goals. Your response to expectations determines your tendency. And this is what she calls it, your tendency. She identifies four different tendencies that people have. So there's upholders, there's questioners, there's obligers, or there's rebels. And just like before, please keep in mind that there is no good or bad. There is just different. So upholders, these are people that respond readily to outer and inner expectations. They really appreciate discipline and they feel freed in that way. Questioners question all expectations. They only meet expectations if they think it makes sense. So they make all expectations into inner expectations. Like, I'll do this if you convince me why. So why is really big for them. 
Obligers meet outer expectations, but struggle to meet expectations they impose on themselves. Like, you can really count on me, and I need you to count on me to be successful. Rebels, on the other hand, resist all expectations, both outer and inner. You can't make me do it, and I can't make myself do it mentality. So knowing your tendency will help you better understand your inner and outer expectations. So just a really quick recap on each of those in one sentence are as follows. Upholder. I do what others expect of me and what I expect from myself. Questioner. I do what I think is best according to my judgment. If it doesn't make sense, I won't do it. Obligers. I do what I have to do. I don't want to let others down, but I may let myself down. Rebels. I do what I want in my own way. If you try to make me do something, even if I try to make myself do something, I'm less likely to do it. So maybe you can understand why this would be helpful to learn about these different tendencies. Because as I'm reading these, I'm thinking about different loved ones and why we might have butted heads for a little bit. For example, I remember myself very clearly saying to my husband, Joel, that I feel like I'm always on trial and I always have to justify myself. Almost like he's a lawyer and asking why, why, why. And it it can feel a little off-putting sometimes. My tendency is an upholder. So these other tendencies can be a little bit confusing if we don't understand them. So I was reminded as I was going through this, Joel's not trying to make me feel like I'm on trial. He needs to understand why I want something done because that really resonates with him and then he can be all in. Now, if I understand that, then I can have greater patience for that. Hopefully you can see that too. Now, if you want to learn more about this, again, I put this in the show notes. This is all by Gretchen Rubin and is on her website. And the thing that I really enjoy about this is there's a simple short quiz that you can take to help you understand your dominant tendency. Upholders want to know what should be done. Questioners want justifications, or they want you to justify your actions so they can be all in. Obligers need accountability. Rebels want freedom to do something their own way. As I share those things, maybe you're thinking about a child. I know when I was going through this, I was. I'm like, oh, this child is this. This child is probably this. And this is why things are not fair. I... I don't know about you, but I don't really love it when my kids say, it's not fair. It really can't be because you all have different needs and you all have different personalities. And I need to help you in different ways. So it's going to look different for each of you. So these are just a few things that will help you understand motivation. But there are a couple other things that might be the issue here. Sometimes when you feel tired or lazy or unmotivated or maybe even that mental apathy... That lack of motivation can also come from not having enough wellness balance in your life. And go back and listen to some of those older episodes if you need some guidance on that. But if you're not exercising enough or eating, or if you don't have the right nutrients in your body, it could be something even physiological that's creating an imbalance. Or maybe it's hormones. There are several things that could be that are contributing to your lack of motivation. So just keep that in mind as you're thinking about motivation. And the reason that helps is because that can take away that shame. And remember that shame always hinders growth. So we are always trying to get rid of that shame. One simple way to put it is that shame has to do with how you feel about yourself and your identity. 
but guilt is how you feel about something you've done that goes against your beliefs or your values. So it's more, I'm wrong, I'm bad, instead of I made a mistake or I did something that's not in line with who I am. So I feel some guilt, which is a natural consequence for going against your values and can be important in teaching you those next steps towards change. Another issue may be a lack of inspiration. And I think about a lot of my clients here and, I, and for many of them, this is what it is. If you don't feel inspired about something and you're not looking forward to anything, you might be feeling like you're trudging through mud to do the basic things in life. And I've felt this repeatedly in my life. When I start to notice that things feel like this, that's when I get still and do some soul searching. That's when I begin to explore what it is that lights me up again and find ways to incorporate those things more fully into my life. For me, it was starting a business at one point. I mean, there's been lots of things throughout my life. For my clients, it's been things like applying for dream jobs or getting qualified to get a dream job. It's also been setting goals and rewarding themselves. For many parents, it's being a good example to their kids or grandkids. So we're all inspired by different things, but what is the thing that lights you up and helps you jump out of bed? Just think about that and be mindful of that. Journal about that. Explore that. I don't know if you remember from previous episodes, if we are progressing and helping other people do the same, then that can help us feel motivated. Remember to find something to look forward to, to help you get through that daily grind. For me and my family, it was planning for several years going to Costa Rica for a month together as our first big family trip to experience a completely new culture and immerse ourselves in it. Or is also learning a new skill. Like for me, it was learning guitar and ballroom dancing with my husband and Spanish and pickleball. It might just be lunch with friends once a month or every other week or something. Maybe it's planning those future trips. For me, it's knowing that on Saturdays, we're going to go to the lake and go snorkeling and swimming and things like that. Or maybe it's date nights on Friday that you schedule out and know are going to be interactive and engaging. That is all I have for today. I just want to end with a quick reminder about Igniting Life for Individuals that is actually launching August 21st. I keep saying the 20th, but it's just the week of the 20th. It's actually Monday, August 21st of this year, 2023. If you need structure, accountability, professional resources, and more towards improving your mental health, wellness, and even your spirituality, this is definitely for you. You'll be guaranteed to get 10 times what you pay. For example, I price everything out for the current market value, like when I work with my clients, and then I divide it by 10 so I know that I'm over-delivering in everything I do. So you do not need to hesitate to sign up because you know that you're getting 10 times what its value is. And like I mentioned earlier, back by popular demand are shoutouts to random viral things. Today you can check out Star Wars Kid on YouTube. It got 37 million views. I can just visualize a few of my friends trying these moves at home. Liz, I am talking to you here. Feel free to send me a video on your moves, Liz, or any of you lovely listeners out there. I would love that. Or even better yet, post a video on Fulfillment Therapy on Instagram or Facebook and share your 1% gains with it. And I'll give you some shout outs on this podcast. 
You guys, do you know how much I love my job if you all sent me funny videos and shared your gains? Seriously, that would be my dream job. <laughs> I've definitely created some pretty impressive lip syncing videos and dance videos using my tubs of costumes that I like to collect just to be funny and ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if that's professional enough to share, but sometime in the future I might. And the reason they're so funny is because I never ever wanted them for an audience beyond a couple people to make them laugh. But I'm definitely not in that stage to share those things quite yet because they are very over the top. But maybe in the future. It depends on what I get from you lovely listeners. So we'll see. Anyway, share your videos and games on social media or email me at fulfillment.therapist at gmail.com. And I will see you back here soon, hopefully with some shout outs to some great videos and some wonderful ratings. Again, I didn't forget you. I'm going to start reading some of those reviews that you've given me. They're so kind, so helpful. Thank you for all of your support. You guys have a fantastic week and I'll see you back here soon. Take care. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.